unders, down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri, Art of War, down under. This episode 136 of the Art of War Dundon podcast. My name is Adam Camilleri, as freaking always it shall be. And we are here to do a very interesting episode that I have some, I haven't really been putting it off. I've just been kind of waiting until I could get the right kind of crew together for it. Much like a heist movie, much like an Ocean's Eleven, I need the right people to take this one on. This is a state of the Super Faction episode for the Super Faction being Xenos, the only super faction that does not play together they are just a four things just in their own little pod and none of them get to play and it's an interesting thing to try and unpack for one of these episodes because i could kind of do one of these for each of these factions individually but instead i've decided to put together a dynamic duo of uh, faction experts the first of foremost being mr thomas bird you may know from various things and i'll let him take it from here hello mate welcome to the show hey welcome thank you uh, for having me um so yes i'm thomas bird i am uh Based out of Atlanta, uh, in the southeast of the U.S. here, I play a lot of Ultramarines. That's what I'm predominantly known for, but I have been picking up the Votan Mantle uh, as of late. Uh, I find it funny to put them in that Xenos category. I don't even mm. think they have the Xenos keyboard, but uh, they where else would they fit, I guess? Um, but uh, yeah, so you find me on uh, on the Internet, uh, Tabletop Life. Or my team name is Pro Tabletop, so that works as well. Search there. We have a lot of content for competitive 40K. Shout out to Jaime. How you doing, brother? Yeah, Jaime Pence is part of our group. So, like, if you know Jaime and his space books, he's going to be doing some more content for us. He has uh, been off doing grad school, trying to be a, a responsible adult. So, he hasn't had as much time to be out and uh, doing all the, t- the the tournaments. But we do talk quite frequently. And then I'm also associated with Warzone Atlanta. That's, that's my team. That's my crew. Fantastic. So, if you're ever in Atlanta and attend that event, Warzone Atlanta is one of my favorites. It's one of your one of your keystone events. Uh, in addition, you I brought on Thomas. You may have heard him two weeks ago as one of the interviews I did at Cherokee Open, and I noticed he was kicking ass and taking names with the Votan there. And so, hence, he is on here as our Votan expert for this episode. The next of our dynamic duo is representing the Greenskins. You've seen him, you've heard him, you know him, Benjurik. Welcome back to the show, mate. Wah, Adam. Wah. Wah. Wah, indeed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> a hearty wire to you um and welcome mate how are you doing what, do you, what have you been involved with recently uh recently i've been doing a lot of uh scrimmaging and practice for team usa so exciting um, <laughs> bringing up jaime again he's, he's definitely on the team and uh, getting a lot of practice in with those guys other other than that uh i have been relatively media absent um uh, have been participating in too many casts or much else but it's been doing a lot of grinding with a lot of different lists and getting ready for uh for belgium so dude very exciting now notably uh this this the first and first and second part of this episode are going to be taking place on different days and unfortunately or some somewhat may say fortunately ben is not able to join us for the part two enabling us um of course the loss of a Ben is no mean thing, but enabling us to get on an expert from Tau or Necrons. And I will be trying to get on a Necrons expert uh, for the part two of this. So we'll have, uh, there only be one faction not represented on this, a state of the super faction double episode. And that being the fish cows, and you know what, they can just wait a little bit longer. I'll catch them on the next one. Uh, but if you guys do not know, these episodes come out for you guys Tuesday mornings, and they are in two parts. The first part, it comes about, uh, by myself and Seamus Ronan does all the editing thank you very much Seamus and you can get the part 2 over on Art of War Down Under over on Patreon we just have a brand new Discord we've also just launched that is hopefully going to be bubbling away and have a very nice beautiful community growing in it but jumping in when we do one of these State of the Super Faction episodes we look at each of the um, factions therein and we talk about them unpack them how are they doing in the current matter how are they feeling at the moment and usually we're able to talk about them holistically as one thing like we can talk about Eldari as one whole um, but we can't really do that in this one so we're going to jump through all the four factions therein and if it pisses anybody off the Votan are in the Xeno section the only reason they're in here is because G-Dub has categorized them in the Xeno section of their website that is literally if they're going to call them Xenos I guess I'll call them Xenos too I essentially feel like they're about as human as rattlings and ogrins and i think thomas you pretty much echo that sentiment yeah yeah <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing right um it is i think, I think yeah put them somewhere right where are you gonna put them <laughs> exactly uh but anyway so i'm gonna hit it over to uh 
Ben, first, what's the state of orcs at the moment? Just, just, just a quick hot take. Um, the state of orcs were in pretty good shape, with few exceptions. Nice a state of Votan, my good man Thomas. I think I think Votan is they, they they definitely got hit with the nerfs. So the points are very tough. Uh, Arcsome do give you some options with some new stuff, and I think they're pretty good. I think the secondaries are tough, but uh, you have a lot of killing power. So if you can play armies that let you attack them, or if you play in good terrain that lets you attack, then you're you're going to be able to do some good work. Yeah, I feel like it's much more. Uh, there's a lot of generalship needed to wield Votan at the moment, and I think there are. You really know, want to know what what terrain you're going into before you design your list, but that is for later when we get to them for the full breakdown. Um, I'm going to give a hot take on Necrons in that they have, I feel like they've been somewhat abandoned in Arcs of Omen, despite I think Arcs of Omen being quite kind to them, and that you really don't need to take any troops if you want. If you want to just take Nihilak, nothing but Scarabs and Tomb Blades and, and good stuff, you can totally do that. But the player base has really abandoned them, despite I think their secondaries only got marginally worse. They're still some of the best in the game. Um, and so I think they're still doing really well. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know about you, but... I've seen a lot of people that same way. I don't know if it's just because we figured it out or we've had more tools to to deal with them. Um, maybe if you're Marines or your other factions, you have more power, uh, more models on the table. It just, you know, their secondaries, they still can score pretty good, but uh, they just die. And uh, I don't feel threatened when I see a Necron person across from me. I'm like, I just don't care about your army. Well, so. that's that's very telling, isn't it? You don't feel threatened. And I suppose we're going to be talking about Necrons and Tau from more of the opposite, or more of the case of the the opponents of them and giving our impressions of how we, we face them we, we go across them and how struggling they are so i do apologize if we're not able to give you the intense player of those factions opinions but we can only do what we can do and i realize that trying to have three sometimes even four guests on the show is kind of not good content it just leaves too many people in the wind without talking um but anyway ben what are you, what's your take on necrons uh, i think necrons have the same issue that a lot any like super meta army has when the mass exodus just leaves them when they aren't like the obvious choice to score and win points with and then you just end up with the specialists and the people that just enjoy playing them keeping them around um so you're all you're left with is that player base and then the skill that's left in that player base so uh walt's still a good army um you're the majority of people just aren't going to gravitate toward them because they're just not as good as they were. Yeah, very well said. And it's a even if the nerf isn't real, and unfortunately the nerf was very real, even a perceived knock is almost enough to get people to, to abandon factions wholesale these days. Um, Thomas, what's your impression of Tau? I feel like, you know, you know, before the predominant list was with the planes, you kind of had the one or two builds. And I think that you still kind of see that. You know, you had to take the planes out, but the lists are still, you know, you're kind of the same. You, you may have a broad, uh, rip couple riptides you may have uh, you know hammerheads but you get the one unit suit suits are too expensive they, the list becomes very static and what it mm. can do like it's very punishing you can shoot you really bad but if you know how to answer that or if the train doesn't allow them to do their things they struggle i think it's tough for town yeah i i tend to agree with that ben what do you think i think they got hit with the nerf bat the hardest out of all the xenos factions uh in fact orcs didn't even get nerfed they got buffed um but uh they Without the planes and their point increases across the board, they're really kind of like pigeonholed into a couple of roles, and those roles don't score ninth edition 40k. Yeah, I feel like they're just they're just pushed into that win more category where the secondaries are only good if they're already dominant. You know, they don't necessarily play things like banners very well. They're not dynamic enough to guarantee good scores on behind enemy lines against every opponent it's interesting that you said that they got nerfed the most because i would have thought the perception was that votan got hurt the most but then i realized that votan got pre-nerfed like they, don't they got pre-nerfed they yeah got, they, they, it was keep getting hurt i don't know it's uh, still hurting <laughs> it wasn't even like they came out and got a balanced artist late they were just like nah slap him and then they slapped him again for some reason um thomas what was your impression of that was that necessary at all no, no. I mean, of course, I'm the the Votan apologist because I was like, it's not that bad. Whenever I was playing the very first one, <laughs> it was really bad. But uh, for them to get nerfed before like the book was even released, I was like, golly, at least give people a chance to try to figure it out. But the the, the internet backlash was pretty high, so I was kind of like, as the guy who's super excited about this brand new army for them to hit it so hard, I was kind of a little hurt. But you know, once you kind of toned it down, you're like, this is this is still good. It's still hard. There's some holes in the army as you're always trying to tweak stuff. And then they hit them again. You're like, I just don't even understand it. Like, they're not that good, you know? So but it's funny when you run up against someone, you know, when you play an army and someone has not seen it, that's not an army that, you you know, you have years of experience playing against. 
and they get they get the bad touch from Votan because if you just don't know, like you can get caught, caught off guard. Like absolutely, the visceral response is huge. Like I played a lot of armies that are like people just hate. You know, Eldar Cal, they just generate hate before you even start playing, and they like people look at you. You're like you're a mean person. <laughs> so I get it. I get. It. Yeah, I mean, I hope they don't end up being. I mean, I mean, the obvious one is like Tau has that stigma about them that oh, it's just playing Tau. Like, oh, congratulations on your Codex guns. And I think there is a stigma about that. Votan might be going a similar way. But that is for our next section because before that, we're going to do the full breakdown for the state of orcs. I am gonna, Thomas, you are going to be involved. Do not check out or fall asleep, sir. Uh, but jumping into the state of orcs, what is the best things that orcs have going for them right now in Arcs of Omen? Um, the best things is they're still stellar secondaries. Um, we did lose one. Uh, we did lose that the biggest and the bestest, which was just a stupid passive one where you could have a war boss stand on a no man's land objective for five turns and score you ten points as long as he didn't die. Yeah. Um, and, and if they try, he gets more points. So just silly. Uh, but for some ungodly reason, while they were like throwing darts at the board to decide what to buff and nerf, they buffed get the good. <laughs> the best one i don't know what they did to get the good bits why why <laughs> uh, so now it's four per activation and caps at six uh so like that secondary alone is just absolutely silly um and uh and then of course they still have stomp them good and they still have green tide which also became easier to score um so you have Lots of options to score, uh, and lots of modes to play the army, because um, you know your typical like goth pressure list is just going to push at you. But you can also just choose to hang out. You can choose to, you know, be cagey. There's there's so many options on how to play the army, uh, and you can build this around that. Um, the uh, a second of the secondaries, which most people might actually think is the best thing to have in orcs, is the changes in arcs in general. Uh, mostly the loss of AOC. The the venerable Choppa is back. Yeah. But... Um, so your your storm boys, your beast nega boys, everybody with their neg one AP now actually does real damage across the board. Um, so everything's way more lethal, uh, and you have so much more power um, just out of like you know little groups of hundred point boys to go and kill whatever you want. Because mm. it was for you know all of Nephilim essentially that a rend one or even rend two just did not matter. It, it was irrelevant. It might as well be rend zero. And yeah, that has been a huge lift for them. So over to you, Thomas. Uh, in your opinion, as a person who has crap secondaries on your faction, do you look at orcs and think that get the good bits and the orc secondaries are the best in the game? Is the best secondary suite in the game? Well, that's that's a strong statement. They're certainly good. They're certainly really good. And, and you know, as a as a person who has kind of substandard secondaries, you're always jealous mm. of the other faction. You're like, man, what? A, you must be nice, right? So then you're like, well, how can I overcome it, right? And you always have to try to dissect that. And it's funny because you talk about I could play these orcs a little different, right? I'm very used to seeing orcs play very aggressive. You put used to the golf orcs just running at you. And so every now and then you'd be just like, well, orcs, I know what they're going to do. Uh, and you don't even look at the list. You're just like, it's orcs. They're going to do orc things. And then you come across the list and they're like, oh, I'm just going to stay back here and score. And you realize you're like, well, this is, uh, is going to go real bad for me if I don't start attacking these orcs. So, um, no, I, I think, you know. They're very hung up there. Uh, it's it's really rough, especially when they put pressure on and they could just sit back and score. It's just like a double game. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, between like Warp Ritual, Good Bits, and Green Tide. Sure, I'm just going to hang on my half, homie. You uh, you stay over there. Like it, <laughs> if, you have, if you have good terrain yeah. uh, and you just... You're just going to score points and your opponent's going to be sad about it. If there was a tier of a... Uh, of secondaries i think world eaters is a tier above orc secondaries but orc secondaries are definitely up there well pointed out yeah i do i do believe they're the only one that has it better they could argue that they're better even i think between orcs and them the rest of the rest is like a, a little way of a, a nice little little gap between um and the, what you say is totally true like you can just be like yeah well this half of the table is mine oh did you did you stage up to try and come to my half my half of the table sir wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, the counter charge on orcs is absolutely brutal. <laughs> we'll send them it's, all in. Uh, do orcs need any buffing or nerfing at the moment? Do you believe? Uh, I don't. I think good bit should go back to what it was. Uh, I, I, I will. I will admit to that. Um, there's a couple of things that are uh, definitely fair pointed, and there's very few matches where I feel overcosted or underperforming uh but those things are broken in their own right and it doesn't mean i need a buff it just means they need a nerve so like playing in the space wolves for example 
that's the one few one of the few times where i feel under costed like the as a group of sky claws is just silly like that at 110 points um so i think a lot of armies should be at the point to power level that orcs are um as far as like what you will see in a 2000 point table versus marines bringing 3000 points of stuff yeah that that is totally fair to- um yeah. thomas what's your impression do you think there's anything that needs to overtly change in orcs no, I think I think he, he nailed it. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, you know, one of a couple of our orc guys, Damian Owens, one of our big orc players. And, mm. You know, he was real sad at first because the arcs changed how he had to build his list. But after he started messing around with it, he really liked it. You know, it, it's really just that one secondary, which you can get six points. You know, it's kind of like hey, are y'all playing Necrons? It's kind of yeah. like you go back yeah. to that where they just well, score points. That was the analogy when when um when Arxivermen first came out, I was just, I, I said, well, okay, so Necrons are no longer what Necrons were, but our GSC and Orcs are now the new Necrons. They just do the, the passive right, scoring the bonanza. Um, but anyway, well, that whole process, guys at home, if you haven't heard one of our um, State of the Super Factions before, that whole process we are gonna, that we just did, we're going to do for every other faction now. So next up is Votan. And Thomas, take it away. The, what are the best things about Votan in the Arxivermen meta? Wow, the best things about Botan. Well, obviously, Emir and Greater Thurian are the two chapters, the two uh, leagues that you would take, and I think Emir has kind of got the, the the most, which is kind of sad because there's some neat other factions in there, and you really just can't even play around with some of the, the custom factions because Emir is just so good. That invulnerable save on everything just makes that Sorry. list work. And I, then you add beams on top of it, and it adds a whole other layer, so beams are crazy. So we're going to have to hold fire for a second because I forgot one part of this breakdown, which is when the expert of the faction gives us an example list of something you would likely see or likely take for that faction at that time, at this time. So, Ben, are you able to give us a a good example of a orcs list that you would happily take or people should expect to see across the table for them? Uh, So I'll give an example of the list I'm bringing to the Rocky Mountain Open. Um, So... Uh, what I'm bringing this weekend uh, will be will consist of a uh, beast boss on Squigasaur, uh, and I'm actually packing him with a with an attack loadout uh, of the beast hide mantle and prop Achille. Uh, prop Achille adding additional AP um, and an additional attack uh, to help deal with some of the Terminator menace out there, um, and bringing in a whole crap load of attacks, uh, and then also like. Cranking out just you know four AP and uh, on the jaws and everything else, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun with him. Um, then we have the boss and bike with the killer claw uh, and brutal but cunning, so he gets to retry all his stuff that fails. Um, he's always trades up. That's what he does. That's exactly all he's gonna do. Uh, and he is an absolute menace at being able to go twenty inches and and touch something. Then we have a weird boy. And Boss Zegstruck. Uh, Boss Zegstruck being the goth exclusive uh, character, uh, and he absolutely uh, currently wrecks face, especially with with um, AOC being gone. Uh, in the troop slots, we have three groups of Gretchen for your obviously get the good bits uh, and zoning out such things and keeping your opponent uh, away from you. Or, you know, if you have like a pregame move you're worried about, they just kind of like hang out in front of stuff you don't want to get touched. Um, on top of that, you have the beast neg- two groups of beast naked boys are going to hang out inside my two kill rigs, which exist. Hell in yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we uh, move on to the the fast attack slot. The fast attack is going to be um, I'm only bringing two groups of uh, of squig hogs this time, uh, and those would be uh, little little groups of three. Let me make sure I'm reading you the right list before I get too far ahead of myself because I want to misquote myself and be above points. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then we have uh, a group of five storm boys and a group yep. of ten storm boys. Ooh, yeah. uh, storm, storm boys are my are becoming my one of my favorite units in the arcs of omen, uh, just because that AP does real damage now, um, and they're able to hop over all the uh, move blocks and everything else. So you need them too. Uh, and then in the elite slots, I have two ten man bricks of commandos, uh, each packing some bomb squigs, of course. And then we also have. A group of knobs, um, eight of them in fact. There'll be four with the kill, well, four with a claw, and four with um, the big chopper. That's a big change in Arcs of Omen is that all those equipment became a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, and they get the truck boy specialist attachment, so they move hecka fast. Um, 
with the all-important truck being packed, also packed into the list. I so, love that unit. I personally am a huge fan of the regular knob at the moment. Yeah, and like in cover, they're three up, and they're they're pretty they're pretty nasty. And I, you know, at 130 some points, I really don't care what they do. Like as yeah. long as they, yeah, as long as they trade up, it's not it's not super big investment. As long as they're doing their job, I'm more than happy. Uh, so this uh this that's basically the list, and it is pretty freaking solid. I'm um, in been practicing with this one a bit there's another one that i really like um that i'm probably going to switch to after this one but this is one bringing the colorado fantastic can't wait to see what you do with it um thank you very much and sorry for the interjection thomas i realize we gotta we gotta be completionists we gotta do everybody their <laughs> justice so back to the short kings um best things going for votan mate feel free to uh, reiterate or pontificate oh wow so best things right so yeah I've forgotten the so the factions right so we talked about Emir yeah, being yeah, kind yeah. of the, the number one faction so beams are powerful um the ability to do mortal wounds they're the list that are going to dump mortal wounds there's several ways they can do that so i think if you're not taking advantage of beams or mortal wounds in Emir, you're not really doing it uh full justice yep um i think you know we talked about trading Votan don't want to trade, right? They don't have that many units. They don't they don't play that trading game. They want to take and they want to take and they want to take. And then all their secondaries are all based around killing. So yep. you really have to gear your list up to destroy and you have to be very aggressive in that. So, I mean, you have to be cagey on those units that can deep strike and arc of omens. You really have a lot of people that can come at you from reserves. Uh, so it does keep you uh, on your toes. It's not an easy army to play, as you kind of mentioned or alluded to. But when it pops off, judgment tokens go... And if you can manage that judgment token, if you can recycle them, that becomes, you know, super hyper efficient. And I can just destroy even the most toughest armies, you know, just like that. So well, I think that's what you have going for you is just the ability to destroy. You still have uh, armor of contempt. Mm -hmm. No reroll wounds. It's incredibly powerful. So your armies are much more durable uh, than your average Marine army that it used to be. So you kind of catch that and keep guys alive. And, and it's really all about when people attack your units and they uh, allocate a certain amount of force to it, and then they under it underperforms. I underestimate how much it takes to kill that unit because of the no rerolls, because of the armor of contempt, what have you. Then it, it, you can get them to expose units and put them in a bad place. And if they do kill you, all they did is do a bad thing and give you a judgment token. So you're like, <laughs> hey, something good, that really is good for you as well. So you just got to try to maximize that. So from a Votan perspective, it always feels bad to lose units, but when it ends up helping you also, you get a little extra out of it, so it's a, it's an interesting uh, army to play. And, yeah, and uh, from a playing an army that I don't like losing models, I can never play a horde. I mean, I hate losing models, so <laughs> it fits, fits well in my play style. Um, do you find that uh, the judgment tokens are becoming so, uh, like a lever you can really pull in some of these transhuman based matchups, where that's the only polarizing thing? Yeah, I mean, so so like I, yeah, I so even with my ultramarines, because I build in a lot of rerolls. So this army has tons of rerolls. So even with uh, transhuman have never really had a lot of problems with those types of armies, but certainly with Votan, when you're just doing it on the hits, you can get around that. The challenge yeah. with judgment tokens is the kind of the the misconception is it's just everyone's walking around with three judgment tokens all the time, and that's just not the case. Like you could set it up that way to get a couple units, but it takes a lot of work, right? And as you kill units, those tokens don't just necessarily magically reappear. So you have to like build it up. It takes time, and and you know your opponent can stymie that if they. If they don't, they don't cooperate. So sure. um, it takes a little bit of work. So I, I feel like it, out of any of the armies, Votan is one that's well suited to beat up on armies that have that sort of mechanic. They don't really care. Like if they're playing Custodes, you're like, you know, Dark Angel Terminators, those lists aren't typically a problem if they let you attack. So unless they hide in the building the whole time, you're, you're going to be able to kill them, no problem. Yeah, and you're pretty happy if they, if they don't want to come out and tangle with you and just kind of let you stay at 24 inches and use all your guns. That's probably very acceptable, too. Um, <laughs> worst things going for Votan at the moment? What are the things holding them back, if anything? Yeah, so we obviously we talked a little bit about their secondaries, but it's pretty straightforward, right? You have two book ones that are kind of like competing with uh, standard ones. Um, you have a win more one, which is kind of the go-to lay claim. It's like you score objectives at the end of the game, and it's kind of like as you're standing on their dead bodies. So if you're if you're not destroying all of them, you're not going to score that one. But that's kind of like your go-to one, right? So you you don't even have one that you can guarantee 15 on. You really have to kill your opponent, and they get to place those objectives. So if they place them in a difficult spot, you're really going to have to work hard. So it changes how you play depending on where they place them. 
And then the other ones are based around tokens. So again, you know, you could throw a lot of tokens or they could force tokens in a bad spot that you don't get to. And then you're subtracting points from your score at the end. So it's, it's very, very tricky. And then we talked about limited amount of units. Like the, there's just so many. Like almost custodial level. Awesome. Like, yeah, elite it, it costs elite, a lot yeah. of points, right? Mm. It costs a lot of points and you don't have that many models. So um, when you start talking about activations, unit activations, models on the table, uh, resources to physically do actions while you're moving up and aggressively attacking, because again, this list has to move up and attack. It starts to become, you know, an action economy where you just don't have enough units to do all the things. So, dude, yeah, very well said. Uh, ben, what has been your impressions and best and worst things going for Votan um, if you've played into had an experience um, playing as them? The uh, the thing I always feel bad about them for is is the secondary situation where like I'm I'm in middle of turn three playing them I'm playing an army that denies primary well and I'm also scoring secondary um, so if, if there's a board where I'm able to take position uh, and like the point differential on turn three can be absolutely silly yeah um, and like in the games that I can lose the votan I get tabled and they get to do their win more stuff and actually win but if I don't give that up. It's a very difficult game for for Votan, but the things I do like about Vo- the things that they uh, they definitely have a few things going for them. But it's they have so few activations, so few models, and on top of the secondaries, it's I salute anyone uh, like willing to take that challenge because like that's one small like oh I moved a half inch too far mistake from an app from just like losing a complete unit and that unit being your loss uh, where I can make all the mistakes in the world and just lose like three units and still have 10 more units to kill you with. So it really feels like um, Votan are in a lot of ways an army that ha- gets to have some melee and some counter assault and a-, a lot more little bits and pieces, but they're like Tau in that they have very, a handful of alpha level units that have to do all their heavy lifting and if those things swing and they miss uh, they're kind of screwed and then unlike tau they don't have the resilience of just being like well i guess my drones will just absorb the first time i swinged and i missed and then i'll, I'll go again next turn um things of that are all you know they don't have riptides or commanders that can just jump around and or jump off in and off terrain and, and not be not be sure to run interactive everything the votan shoots has or, or charges they have to be able to shoot and charge there's no real ways to jank the system the best way they have to do it seems to be the judgment tokens to just get around people's defensive mechanics and things like that um, is that is that safe to say thomas and then in addition Every, it's just really seems like every single one of their secondaries is only a good secondary if you are, are annihilating your opponent. It's right. It's a feel-bad army, right? Like, it's it's made to destroy you. So as, you, as an opponent, if you're getting destroyed, no one likes that. Um, I get to turn off all your rules. Like, you don't get to re-roll against me. I get to auto-wound yep. you, this, that, and the other. So, like, it, it just starts to feel bad for your opponent if you're doing really well as a Votan. Or if you're just getting crushed because you just don't have enough units or, you know, this, that, and the other. Then you feel bad as a Votan player because you're just like, it's not fair because I just don't have enough things, right? So, yep. I don't, why do I don't have all the free-melted guns that all the Marines do, right? It, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Well, so, like... Give us a oh, – sorry, we'll do that in a second. But how, around about how many units do you start a game with as a Votan player? So for me, yeah, I have three characters. That's kind of – you know, it goes back and forth if you want to take the third one. Um, I have uh, two fighting units, three, uh, like, fast bike units, which are my OPSEC, and then I have, like, uh, three vehicles. So I actually have a fairly amount for a Votan list, yep. a lot. So I still have two Thunderkin units, right? But, so, you know, yep. they're all packed. Points, right? So that's They're all that's a, work units. There's nobody sitting around. That's yeah, that's that a, is that eleven units? Is that right that you listed? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten plus the three characters. So thirteen. 13. All right. <laughs> just for the lulls, Ben, the army you listed just then. How many units does that have? Let me pull that up. Just being one hundred percent sure. <laughs> and, and while you're doing that, um, Thomas, what would you like to see change for Votan, if anything? Man, it, that's that's tough, right? Because obviously you'd like to give them another secondary or two that are. It's not just solely based on killing, and you could take some book secondaries, right? But it's it's very intentional, and it, it, it conflicts with your other secondaries, so it kind of hurts. Um, you you like to lower points, but again, that starts to get in a little dangerous area because yep. you know they are very very killy. So if you just give me more killy stuff, I, I'll take it all day long, right? And so that doesn't solve some of the core mechanics. But when people ask me like, how do you fix Botan? Like, will you take away the judgments or whatever? 
are do you tone that back? You know, like I don't even know what that looks like. You know, like what do you just limit it to sixes, fives? You know, like do you not go all the way down to fours? I rarely ever get to a situation where I have fours. So that's not something that I get to have very often. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what it would take to fix them. That's fair. I, first and foremost, what's the um what's the the, the secondary that keys off uh, judgment tokens units dying? Ancestors are watching. Remove the so downside. Re- remove the downside from that that secondary. Remove the downside. Yeah. So if you don't lose points on that one, so that was also interesting because how do you calculate it? Because I I see people are I have arguments about how you calculate. It. So you you score points for killing units with judgment tokens. You, every phase you get two points or three points, right? So you can score. Uh, I kill something shooting. I kill something fighting. You have to be careful. We've measured because one, you have to kill it. It has to have a token. And two, you can't kill too many things in one turn because you're still only going to max out two points or three points per one phase. But the negative, like you said, is at the end of the game, if anyone's left with tokens, then you lose points for every unit that's still yeah. alive, right? So, you, so the question on that one is, if I get 22 kills or 22 points, does it go past 15 and then minus? So mm. I can still get overscore, or does it yeah. like cap at 15 and then minus down, right? So yeah. no one yeah. really knows. Like, it depends who you ask. I think you just remove the downside of that one and then they actually have a keystone like get the good bits level secondary that they can build around they can plan for gives them a bit of security a bit of reliability of their of their score because right now it's exactly what you guys described when votan are winning sick 90 plus points when they're losing cool 30 points it's it's way too polarized you can't get like a good uh bell curve or you can't get anything it's just like it's just a zigzag you know on the graph of of scores there's nothing very reliable there um and sorry did you have that count for us ben i did sorry it took me so long to count that it was a lot of units uh it's 19 so <laughs> so six more units so 50 percent more units than the votan army so they had 13 you've got 19 so yeah, about about, about um, fifty percent again on top. That is pretty funny. Uh, that is actually not as many as I thought. I thought you'd have like twenty one or something, but it doesn't fair. sound like that much, right? No. I feel like this list, my my current Votem list has more units than, than usual. my previous yeah. list. You absolutely you, you have. That's one of the things I really liked about your list. It felt like you actually had enough stuff to play five turn games. Like because I actually really worry about some Votem lists when you are forced into a couple of trades. You get to turn three and you have no army because you just did like three trades. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, this army's gone. <laughs> it's just a really rough place to be. Um, but Ben, uh, with yourself, what do you think, if anything, could be done to change Votan for the better or for the worse? Um, honestly, they can undo the majority of the point reductions. Like, it's most of that's uncalled for at this point, uh, especially with their other rules. They're getting nerfed three different ways at once is not good game design. Like, you, you gotta, you know tilt the scale one way, not tilt it three different ways and pull the different levers to try and figure out if the army's going to be you know, competitive or not. Uh, it is a feel-bad army. It's a hard-to-balance army due to its math just being wacky uh, due to its like, core mechanics. So I, I have empathy for the people writing the rules for this, but it, throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and praying it works kind of puts them in a place where you either are hitting, like you said, hitting home runs or doing a whole lot of nothing. Well, they wrote, the, uh, they wrote an army that is just hard to balance. They legitimately wrote they they made a predominant shooting faction army that is tau that has to be so essentially they they wrote another tower but has to be not tower has to be distinct in flavor design and mechanics and so then how do you manage that how how do you yeah, how do you ma- it's, yeah. and it's such a weird army when you start skewing stuff because like it's dangerous because if you drop you know pioneers by twenty by twenty percent or something oh. suddenly <laughs> eight suddenly eighteen pioneers is just going to be a freaking problem because they're going to be able to put points on other things that hold backfield objectives and eighteen pioneers is going to table you like it's it it's it's a hard thing to do because I say I say point reductions but like that's also very dangerous when considering like just how much weight certain units can take so. I have a lot of empathy for there, but some of the stuff is it's getting absurd. Like a berserker for how many points it is is like compared to other things in the game. It's like okay, like yeah. why why is why is he cost so much? Well, so how yeah, much I, is it? How much is like a? Sorry, you go go, Thomas. I was going to say yeah, berserks are an interesting one because like you know I, I have mine with the with the mole launcher, which adds more points to it. So like a five man unit of berserks is 175 points which is like crazy yeah if you don't take a mirror and you just take them as a, a different faction without the invulnerable save like they're wildly different in their survivability you know and, and and use so it's like it costs a lot 
for that top, you know, you want to use them in a mirror to get the full value yeah. out of them. You in a, in a greater three, and they're just not even close to the same. So yeah. I don't even know how you value judge those points distinctly like that. Mm. It's it's really wild. The internal the internal balance is is just so buck wild as well. Um, but anyway, give us a, an example list, uh, Thomas Bird, of something people could expect to see on the table or uh, or might want to look into playing as. Yeah, so I mean, I'll give you my list. I, I don't necessarily take the most prevalent type of list, but this one's been tuned over and over again. So I feel like it's a very powerful list. The the kind of choices you make with Botan are very. They lead to like a few outcomes, right? So you you, you do you want to play with two tanks or one tank? You know, the big tank. Um, there are a few builds with no tanks, so you can go that route. Um, and play with Sagittarius, like good luck if you can find some, because like a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the yeah. builds are like limited on what you could physically buy. Um, but my list is kind of balanced, right? So I have a little bit of everything. I got one big tank, I got two little tanks, I have two units of berserk, so I have some counterattack or some fighting. Um, you have to take the obligatory bikes because they're just so good, but just three units of three. I think taking six man bikes, they're just very big footprint. There's some negatives there. They shoot like a brick, and you can go first, and they could do a lot of work, but I just think that unit is. It's just too much, especially with the points the way they are. You can't. You have to have more things in those bikes. Um, and then the characters. So I, what really got the juice flowing was the Thunderkin. They kind of lowered them back to the their original points cost. That was the only thing that went down because no one was taking Berserks uh, or Thunderkin, I should say. And I really liked those models. So I was like playing around with them, and they're really good. So they add some value. But what they did take away was the troops, right? So no troops. I mean, you could take some heavy foot builds, but it just doesn't make any sense on the cost that they are. They're just so expensive. Um, troops are great. They do some work, but they're just not, they're not worth that much. But arcs not having to take troops, it really changes the, the equation on, on what you want to do list-wise. So my list has no troops in it, so I can't get any of those free secondary, get some command points. So my list is three characters. I got the high call. He's basically your chapter master. He's got the teleport press so that... Uh, you can try to late game teleport to pick up a, a, a late claim objective. Yep. He's got long lists and grudges in, so that's kind of like the sniper build. He can target characters that have tokens on them. Um, he's pretty powerful, and he also lets you recycle judgments. Again, that's very important as you kill units to try to keep the judgments on the table so you can keep that efficiency up. You never want to have a turn where you lose all your judgments and you have to start up from scratch. Um, I have a Grimnir. Got a, I like that guy because I generate a lot of, of use out of my stratagems. I spend a lot of CP per turn. I'm doing more wounds. I'm doing full rerolls. Yep, yep. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm, I'm shooting and getting judgment tokens out with bikes. Like I spend a lot of command points. So if the command points run out, you're in trouble with Votan. And that guy is in there for just that reason. He's literally hiding in the back. Even if you have warp ritual or something, I don't want to go up there and deny. I'm literally yeah. like, I don't want to put my guy in a position where you can block me back, right? I need that command point more than I care about you getting uh, um, a, a second ritual off. Because if you keep that secondary off, or that second power off, that means you're going to get a judgment token, and I kind of like that. So I just don't want you to get it too often and score all the points. So it's really interesting where you position that guy. Two units of berserks, we talked about those guys, super expensive. Um, I go back and forth whether I like them, but every time I take them out, I'm like, no, no, these guys are MVPs. When berserks pop off, berserks are crazy. So, you know, against some armies, those are the guys that win you the game. So I'll, you got to have some fighting these days, and I think they do. They fight. They have all the rules for fighting. They're great. Um, the three bikes that you're only OPSEC, they are fast. They have the pregame moves that can win you games by itself, but they're really kind of a judgment token generator, right? Early game, they're putting pressure. They're, they're getting you those objectives while you're slow moving into position. And then you kind of purposely trade them out to set up judgments and set up your counterattack. And with beams, you're able to like take one unit and potentially kill multiple units with one shooting phase. So it's very powerful because you have so few activations. So if you can yeah. get for one on a unit of beams, like that's crazy town. So that's really good. That's um, cars. Yep, I'm going to keep going, right? So Sagittars, real quick, two Sagittars. I put the missile launchers on. Like, they basically come with the autocannons, just a bunch of two damage guns. But putting the missile launchers on them after the fact, it just clarified that you get both missile profiles. Now they become this 40-inch range kind of shooting thing that can kind of hang back or also just zip up super fast, super small. They're tiny, those little things. And put Berserks in a place where you 
uh, need them. Normally, you know, you put berserks inside of a big tank. You don't really want to necessarily push that big tank into certain situations. You got to save it. You got to protect it. It is durable, but you also kind of want to hang back, not get touched. Uh, with the little baby cars, you have a place to deliver berserks and keep that big tank in a different place. You have to have, we didn't mention the, the Forge Master, the Tech Marine, basically, he's there to buff the, the super tank, so it makes it very, very difficult to kill. He's Hell blocking yeah. attacks, down zero, healing, healing for four. You know, you got to have that guy. For so sure. Which is good. And in the backfield, he's a five-man uh, character unit, so he can stretch out on objectives. He can advance and do actions. So since you're so slow, on the rare cases that you take, like, banners or something, He's the guy that's running out there to try to get banners doing actions because everyone else is either in a transport or they're shooting and attacking. They're not they're not hanging around doing actions. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you have the two units of, of Thunderkin, right? So those are my favorite units. They did the most work for me at Cherokee. I got uh, both beams and grab. So I was kind of playing around with it. They're fantastic. I, I, thought, I thought grab was the way, right? Like, I love grab. Uh, but when you play against demons, you know, you only get two damage. So, like, it's not as as useful against the demon matchup because they don't have any good armor sticks, but the beams are flat three. And when you can come in from reserves, that's a big change in arcs, right? That used to cost you two command points to put that big unit in reserves. Now it's free. When you come in and you have a 34 inch range and you can line up multiple units mm -hmm. and all you have to do is have a judgment token on the end target to get full rerolls, you're yep. going to drop beams and mortals on the whole kit and caboodle. You can shoot across the whole board, hit five units and you just it's, pick them all up. It's crazy it's, it's, powerful. It's dirty. So you could be like, I'm getting destroyed. I don't have anything left. It's really going bad for me. Oh, my, my beam guys came in, and now I just crushed this whole flank. Just and popped it, and off. Came, yeah. Still in it. Yeah. Thank you for so positioning yourself in a nice line for me, mate. <laughs> exactly. And it's hard because you're, you're, your tank has a beam. And you know, a lot of people are like, I'm hiding behind this ruin. I'm trying to avoid getting beam, but I want to peek this corner. And now all of a sudden, you come in from a flank. And you're just shooting across the whole back line, you know, and they're just like, yeah, I, you know, like, I hope you have screened well, because this is 34 inches. That's a long way to particularly not get beamed. Right? It absolutely is, dude. Um, we're going to have to power on a little bit, but thank you very much for the Sorry, Did you mention the Hecaton at the end? I did. So the big, obviously the big tank at the end. Do you want one or two? I only have the one just to fit in all the other units, but uh, I, I like it. It's not full beams. I do have like bolters on it, so it's a little bit longer range, but that plays well with the little baby car. So you have the standoff range at shooting at 34, 40 inches. And you can just sit back and shoot if they want to hide uh, long range. And then you can force that action where you can push them into you where you have berserks to kind of counterattack. Beautiful. All right. So moving on, we will do a couple of minutes here on Tau and Necrons to the best of our ability. Ben, give us your impressions of the state of Tau and the best things going for them. Uh, still Tau, a little bit of a rough place um, post nerf. You know, they, you know, they're the, one of the most popular factions at LVO, and now they're going to be one of the least popular factions that you'll uh, see across some majors, but they still have a bit of good things going for them. Um, hammerheads are still awesome. Uh, they still have relatively decent secondaries. Uh, the Arcs of Omen detachment um, makes their army a lot easier to build, and you aren't nearly a troop taxed. And crisis suits are still crisis suits. Like at the end of the day, that that unit, you know, still lifts the entire army. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't want to run crisis suits, you can totally go into riptides because. Riptides are still a great unit by themselves, and taking three of those is more than happy. Um, so, as far as like where they're at, I think they're definitely in the, like a middle of the road area. Um, they're not the uh, you know table you turn one type of army they were, uh, but they're also not the okay. I got paired in the towel. I feel bad for them. Exactly right. I feel like they're maybe bottom middle like you know they're not they're not they're not bottomed out they're not at the bottom of the meta they're not at the bottom of the pile but they're certainly not pushing the a tier the s tiers thomas what do you think yeah i think i think tau have that potential to shoot you to bits you know if you have a lot of high targets if you're like night army even votan i don't necessarily want to play against town get shot um by their units but uh they do have it rough you know like we're in the kind of same boat secondary wise like they want to kill you they want to hang out to the end of the game and, and score decisive action and then get all their exploding attacks at the end so they're very specific in in some of those builds how you do it and like you said you, you're leaning on the riptides and the crisis suits and then a couple of commanders right so the builds start to get kind of very static you always have the same units they're always doing the same thing so it's hard to innovate when you have those types of lists 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, could possibly be to a position of getting a little bit stale uh, because it, it has been like they just have are uh, starting to just get less and less and less and less stuff. Like almost every other <laughs> balanced artist, like every other um, uh, mission pack, they just seem to have less things on the table. Um, what are the – so worst things going for them, I think we've already pretty much covered a lot of those as well. But in addition, I think the worst thing going for them is the fact that terrain uh, is ubiquitously getting better on tables. Um, and I know people will look at that and be like, I mean, we all want that, right? But at the same time, as a tower player, it, it you really struggle to build lists at times, and it forces you to make some interesting choices. Um, you know, does is uh, Fisher Fury just having to be a thing? Like, can a Riptide sit in the back of the board and actually see things of relevance if it's just going to jump up to this terrain piece, be not obscure, jump back off, things of that ilk? One of the good things, though, that had going for them is that you no longer need to take Farsight to take two commanders in detachment. You can just take two, pay a CP. And I think that is very good for unlocking a couple of other things, notably Borkan, I think maybe coming to the fore in a lot of ways. A lot of Storm Shields are back in the game. Custodies are making a big resurgence as well. There is a lot of need and want to have a big old thing to slap down, ignore Zinvoln. And then, of course, if you want to double down on that, you actually have the power to with things like Hammerheads. Um, anything other on the worst side of things hanging out for you, uh, or the good side even, Ben? Um, well, I mean... Tau did just win a major I attended uh, a little bit ago down here in Arizona, uh, piloted by Jason McKenzie, and he had he had kind of an interesting list overall. Um, and uh, one thing I like to call out in that list is uh, that that broadsides and Borkin are uh, that that's that's a mess. That it's, will uh, that will definitely speak some things. It's a thing, out. mate. It's an absolutely thing. And yeah, making making uh, hammerheads feel sorry um, broadsides feel good again is is, is only going to be good for the meta as well. You got anything to add to there, Mister Bird? Yeah, I mean, it's sad that you just don't see that many broadsides. So hopefully, something of that will come back because I mean, that's that's just a just a classic iconic unit of the towel, right? And you're like, they're just kind of left on the side on the you know, on the wayside, right? You have to go bad because broadsides are great, right? So like, uh, you know, I'd like to see more of those coming to the list. I'd like to see more breaches. Strength six AP two with uh, options for a bunch of extra other buffs on top and ignores cover and mark lights and all those things. I just feel like that's just going to wreck Marines. It's going to be good at wrecking Marines. I mean, obviously they wreck you really well back, but hey, that's something at least i'm just not quite sure what that list looks like um staying with you uh thomas what do you think town need if anything at the moment either nerfed wise or buffed wise well i think you you nailed it on the head about breachers of, of the troops right but why would you take any of their troops right you, know, mm, you don't have exactly, yeah, that's, that's like, true what, where's the incentive right like you got to make that unit worthwhile is that make them cheaper is that make them have some special rules you know does that give them some bonuses like you know, they already have some killer units, right? But, like, it would be neat to have some other flexibility. Crute, you know, outside of, like, scouting up and doing things, like, you know, there's all these uh, old lists where you had, like, Crute mercenaries and, you know, Crute hounds and, you know, the, 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 the Forge Road Crute, I forget what they're called. Um, there's just cool things, you know, that you never get to see a lot of in, in Tau that give them some flavor. So I think it'd be great if they buffed up those things or gave them some new lease on life, just to kind of make it interesting for the town guys, man. Like, come on now, there's some cool stuff in there you never use. When's the last time you saw a ghost kill? Like, you know, yeah, like dude, those things, spot on. Like, those are cool yeah, models. Like a storm surge, right? Sorry, go Ben. Yeah. It's a surprisingly wide codex that not, that doesn't see a lot of play. So like that's, they, there's so much depth that they could add to that codex outside of like the current units because we all want to like look at the recent meta and be like, oh, okay, maybe we want to see that back. But like, like when's the last time you saw Piranha? Come on, like, yeah. like there's so many things they could just bring back and make decent. Yeah, spot on. And I totally agree. That's pretty much what I was saying at the start. It just feels like it's a codex that's getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Almost by like every six months, the codex just gets narrower in the units that you can use. Where instead, I would love to have been seeing them, you know, nerf this, buff this, nerf this, buff this. It seems like Tau exclusively have been dealt with just the nerf side of the, the bat, the hammer. And I haven't got any of the buff side on many things. Um, I'm going to give you guys an example list that I just pulled off Goonhammer. You can just go to Goonhammer, click on um, uh, 40k stats, go to the the faction top fours, and I've got the I've got Jason McKenzie's list from the Scorched Earth Open, so the one before the Dice Hammer one that he just won, because of course we already told you kind of one of the wrinkles of that. And he's got another Borkan list. He's got a Commander in Colstar. He's got an Ethereal. He's got ten breaches and two by ten Crut. Um, big fatty unit of Crisis with burst cyclic and plasmas, of course. A couple of shield, uh, everyone with a shield generator, 
steam injector on one of them, four markers, six shield drones. Uh, he's got the Farsight Marksman here as well. Actually, is this the same list? This is exactly the same list. He took the other one. He's got Farsight Marksman with three sniper drones. And Ben, what the hell is this unit? And why is it here? The the Farsight Marksman, the sniper drones? I you'd, honestly have to ask Jason. Um, Wild. I, uh, I only got the, I got to see that list play a little bit. And usually when I walked over and I was done with my game, he was in his opponent was mostly tabled his games were not very okay his, his games didn't go very long i i don't understand what that unit's doing so that, that guy's the, that guy's the guy you can't target unless you're like within 12 inches Correct. right he could just sit yeah. on an objective out in the back and just be like you gotta come all the way over here and get me otherwise i'm untargetable yeah that is fair you can just sit him in the back it doesn't matter he's like well 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 protected um we've got three into four three into four crude hounds a squad of two tetras two of units of vespid the mad lad um and then one fatty unit of broadsides so this is with the heavy rail rifles the multi-tracker and the sw- the twin sms systems um a single hammerhead and a single sky ray so that is the same list he took two and one dice hammer with i even think i had that on the thursday show because i thought it was a wild list and i wanted to see how it that did is a wild. It is a wild list, man. But that's an example. I mean, when the meta gets rough, you have to innovate. And I think Jason, more than anybody, is pushing that envelope on the innovation side of things. So could be a good time. Moving on, we're going to do the same for the lovely metal men of the Necrons. And then we'll be signing off and heading over to part two. But Necrons, start with yourself, Thomas. Where are they at right now? What are the best things going for them? So obviously, I, I have a, one of our buddies is a is a is an avid Necron player. There's several Necron players here, so I see a lot of Necrons in my little local uh, meta. So kind of as we talked about at the beginning of the show, you kind of saw their secondaries take a little bit of a hit, but you see a lot of people like run away from them. You know, like they're just not as prevalent. And then again, you know, from my perspective, the couple of lists that I play from Ultramarines and from Votan, I'm just not threatened by Votan or by Necrons. Like I, I know what they're going to do. I've seen what their units do, and uh, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't scare me. So I don't know what has effectively changed, but uh, you know, from from the Necron perspective, there's a lot of variety there. I, I've seen some big rush lists. When she kind of went away from the, I can't take the pregame obsec. Yeah. And you know that that really, that really, I think that was the big change, right? Like it wasn't the secondary change; it was that. That was really what kind of broke it open for Necrons and made it not easy mode 40k, right? You had to think a little bit. You had to do some work. It just didn't just run up and kill people. I think that's one of the things I see a lot is the Necrons don't necessarily kill a lot of stuff these days. There's a lot of death out there in 40K land, and you don't necessarily look at Necrons and, and, and put them on the top of the killing mm. stuff. But so, you're absolutely you know, correct. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Ben? What, how do you feel about Necrons at the moment? What do they have going for them? The, the things I do have going for them is the opposite. They still have OPSEC as an option army-wide. They still have fast-moving units. Uh, they still have um, relatively decent secondaries, not godlike secondaries, but relatively decent secondaries. And, like, they didn't really get hit by uh, any real, like, point nerfs that, like, you know, made things unplayable. So, they're, they're still a standing army. Uh, they're also, they just ha- also happen to, ha- the, the bad part about them is they also get hit by like weird meta situations like you know guard ignoring wound caps and stuff like that yeah i do 100 percent agree with that it makes the katan feel a lot worse of course having a triple headed hydra of really heavy list in tau guard and votan in the meta becomes pretty predatory for things like the silent king like he just like oh cool you brought <laughs> you brought the silent king here are my six lehman russes sir good luck trying to use your unit you know, you just you just don't you get to use your Silent King. He just comes out and he dies instantly. Um, and of course, then there's things like Kasakin that are very predatory. Of course, with the mortal wound dump into them, and then he, and then he had the squish that comes from just all the multi melters, all the melter guns, all the grav cannons that annihilate your kind of keystone units and your locust destroyers, your scorepack destroyers, things of that ilk. So I'm kind of worried that they're pushed into the the silver tide, possibly being the best way to go. Which once again. You never like to see an army have no other option but to take just mindless hordes. I know how Thomas feels about mindless hordes, but hey, Ben likes them, so <laughs> full spectrum on the show. But uh, yeah, in the so I'm in the I'm in the Art of War streamhouse at the moment, and when we conceptualize um, some Necron lists, where usually it's built around a couple of phalanxes of twenty warriors again. You just need to bring some stability back to the game and some reliability, which is what I was, what I wanted for Votan in the case of their secondaries. And what I'm expressing right now is that Necron need to have a density of 
body in order because your ability to outplay your opponent has has decreased. It has decreased because you don't have the pre-game move and your secondaries aren't going to carry you. So you need to have stability, parity, and if you can't be killy, be durable or be numerous. Um, and so that's that kind of lever I think um, Necron players might need to pull. Um, what do you guys think they need, if anything, buffs or nerfs-wise? We'll start with yourself, uh, Thomas. Yeah, I think you you, you you nailed it right on the head, right? Like durability-wise or, you know, body-wise. You know, you hate to say, you know, take the hordes, but that is a scary list, you know. And if you can't survive, Marines just got all the killing that they needed to take out any, uh, you know, Necron unit, right? Like there's Meltos yeah. for days, there's, there's Hammers for days, all the three damage you know, against those units that you have. Um, you, you're fast, but you're not fast enough to, to defeat that level of violence. So it, it's 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 tricky, right? And uh, I think you, what you said is, is is how do you tame that? You know, are we are we just holding on until tenth? Is that really around the corner this soon? Because you know we're talking about a couple of months from now. Like how long before yeah. things might just all reset again? So I, I don't even know what that looks like. If I was a Necron player, you know. I'm trying to play my best life, you, you know, like Walter, he's playing the, the meme list that is really actually pretty scary against some build that's list with the monoliths and the, the obelisks. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. There's a lot of different builds in there that you can kind of play with and uh, we'll catch some people off guard. I think that's the thing is, you know, just don't be afraid to like experiment a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Ben, what are your thoughts? My hot take leading from that is definitely they need a codex refresh. They're the one of the oldest codexes, you know, tied for space marines who got super buffed um in the game and they missed they're missing out on so many mechanics and rules and everything that have been added and learned over the over this edition that they just don't get them um not without some sort of like super balanced data slate so they they need a complete refresh like that that codex they just need new codex honestly yep i pretty pretty much agree with that sentiment uh they have just so many rules that aren't relevant unfortunately uh, and so many things that just get circumnavigated. Like protocols are like okay, that's an old rule, and it's not nearly as good as other people's rules. It's mm. there. It, it it is a codex that shows its age by far. Like it's 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 the grandpa in the room. Yeah, yeah. totally agree with that sentiment. Um, despite that, I do think there are some niche builds coming to the fore. I think Arcs of Omen, uh, like many, is uh, forcing people to explore very polarized or very skewed list and of course my example then was with the 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 all warriors or more possibly being if you wanted to be spicy you could go a you go mefrit you could go novok or you could go nihilak to have the double obsec again Um, i'm going to give you guys an example list of what liam hackett brought to a teams event um this weekend just gone at gladiator teams and his his team did win he has and if those of you do not know liam hackett won the wtc singles with something similar to this. And uh, so, he's, yeah, he's playing a Nihilak, Arcs of Omen Detachment, and he's um, he's taking troops as his uh, primary. He's got a single Technomancer for his HQs with the Veil of Darkness. He's got one, two, three, four by ten warriors, so four units of ten with Gorse Reapers, three units of six Canoptic Wraiths, and then one, two, three, four Ghost Arcs and the Silent King. So he's playing the Ghost Arcs again, boys. Um, he played this at he played I think he played a six or seven Ghost Arc list at WTC um, for, to win the singles, and he just played oops all obsec take away your primary I'll kill your I'll kill your obsec and then I'll just have guys here there and everywhere. Um, the Canopic Race are a new addition. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to know what he's getting out of those. But having 18 race has got to be for a significant plan. And of course, Scarabs are not present here. They're pretty much what he would have had instead of the race for those points. And then, of course, 40 Warriors in Force Ghost Arcs, all being buffed by the Silent King. Uh, anything there jump out to you? Because that is whack and might just be ticked for a team's list. Um, but it is still spicy nonetheless. Who wants to jump in? Well, I'll go first. I think I think race certainly their stock went up with loss of armor content, right? So like yeah, eighty two sure. yep. bounce off everybody. Now it's like two damage AP race and they can fly over everybody. They're quick. They got the invulnerable save. You can just certainly rush those guys up and tie up a bunch of units. And then if you don't kill them all, they potentially can go back or they can yep. now fall yep. back and start somebody else. Like race are a big problem and they can't just like just stymie you like guard don't want to have race running around in their back line mm. touching all the tanks like that's just not a good place for them so it, I, I, I don't i don't hate race at all it really looks like this was if i had to guess this was built to be a kind of counter assault army where it just has like four ghost arcs and then uh, as like the first line and then behind that you've got 18 race being supported by the silent king 
and cool, you go through a ghost arc. Here's 18 Wraith Sir that'll have full rerolls to hit from the Silent King. Mulch, 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 num, num, num. Um, that could be a cool way in which it was used. I did not actually get to see what it paired into. I could probably deep dive that at some point. Maybe I will for the, the part two of this show. But Ben, anything you want to mention about that list or anything else you want to add to Necrons? Uh, that that list, I really like the raids because raids have a lot of really good stratagems that like that play well into the current meta and things like World Eater. Like you said, it's, it looks very anti-assaulty using transports, uh, using raids. Um, like, I, I would like to see a World Eaters list play into this because yeah, I don't. I think I think it would just I think it would struggle like uh, between what? like the fight on death and getting back up, um, and like and being able like heroic intervention with your raids and such like that. There's there's so many ways that that list can just like oh you want to try and take my objective? No, thank you. Yeah, exactly right. And also, of course, fight last after Silent King. So there is a lot of ways that this can be a pain for any assault-based army. And then the shooting isn't nothing. It's not great, but it ain't nothing. Um, having all the reals from the Silent King, the Silent King shoots pretty well himself. Uh, so that is a interesting list of people to, to keep an eye on. Apart from that, I don't think Necrons are in as bad a place as the internet would have you think. I think they uh, can still play a very reliable secondary game. They can still score extremely well. Uh, I, in fact, I lost a game at Uprising versus uh, one of the one of the, the better Necron players um, in Australia named Igor. He just went first and scored. I think he scored mid nineties. And then it turns out if he just disrupted my primary twice, which he did by rushing it. I, it was impossible for me to score uh, more points than him. He scored two more points than me because I scored after he disrupted my primary. I scored every available point after that, and I got about 94, and I think he got about 96, or was it 84, 86? I don't know. One of those. And he was just like, ah, oh, cool. Impossible to capture. And I was like scrambling, trying to find a way, find a means. And it's just, ah, oh, you can just still do that sometimes. But anyway. Were you uh, playing Green What were you playing, Adam? I was playing, I was playing um, predominantly Ravenwing um, Dark Angels. Oh, Dark Angels. Yeah, yeah. So he, he just went first, uh, got all his secondary train choo-choo going, and then he just dive-bombed um, my primary and gave me two fours. And then I maxed all my secondaries, and, and he took, what, eight points off my primary total, I think. Um, and so I ended up on 37 points. And yeah, it just it wasn't enough. <laughs> it was like, it was literally two points short. Um and I couldn't end up doing this. I did the same. I ended up almost tabling him on turn five. Didn't matter. Um, all the scoring was already done. And that's the thing I think you need to focus on. Like the the, the the modus operandi from Nephilim for Necrons has not changed. It's the same thing. It's just a little bit harder. Um, so it, get good, you know, essentially. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen on that note we will wrap up this part one i i I do apologize if we didn't do the tau or the necrons justice i knew from the outset that we weren't going to have um the experts on to do that i will have either a tau expert or a necrons expert on for the next episode Um, i do not know which one that will be at the moment i've got a couple of people in mind and we'll just see who can make the time slot work but thank you everyone who has joined over and jumped in the discord server thank you to all the continued incredible support from the patreons uh ben anything you'd like to plug or say or shout out before you go i know you're off to the the rocky mountain uh open so you want to you want to babe ruth your shot (laughs) uh it's a it's a difficult meta to win in singles but uh i'm I'm hoping to make a podium so fantastic Uh, as far as far as plugs, I got I got my my local team, Smite Club, and then big shout out to Team USA, uh, and look forward to seeing seeing everyone across the pond. Beautiful, I'll I'll be seeing yeah myself as well, but I won't be there as a competitor, unlike yourself. Thomas, say your goodbyes, say your good nights, and plug anything you'd like to plug, my man. Yeah, so thanks obviously for having me, Adam. It's always a pleasure to talk with you and and to talk Warhammer. Um, so the plugs, Tabletop Life, that's our YouTube channel. Come check us out. Um, Shout out to my boy, Jaime Paris. He's going to be out there representing Team America. So happy to have him out there with you guys. Uh, he's a fantastic, just all-around gentleman. And he's a great 40K player. So I can't be uh, more proud of him and, and representing us. So, uh, you know, and then, you know, from a from a tournament perspective, I think there's a tournament every week. So I have Ultramarines to represent as well as yeah, Blue So I got to figure out how I'm going to play some Ultramarines on the next film. I got so many people asking, like, these guys aren't blue. Where are the Ultramarines? So I have to come up with Ultramarine for the next film. <laughs> I, did say, I did say that to you. Like, uh, some, some cringy <laughs> chump. I know, I know. Uh, I was surprised you didn't paint them blue as well, your Votan. I was, I was expecting them to be blue when I saw I you I had to have a them. different color. I had I literally... I was actually them like my little black and red dragon dice if you ever played against me i get a lot of comments or 
hate about my dragon dice rolling hot. I just roll a lot of sixes. That's my whole strategy. And uh, I was like, I'm going to make a custom army that was you going to use that logo. So I just haven't got around to doing the decals yet. But that's my that's why it's red. It just happens to be the same as Emir, as it turns out. There you go. All right, on that note, we will be done. Thank you so much again, gentlemen. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Hopefully see you on part two. Catch us there. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under, signing out from tomorrow.